Hello, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of Reboot Already Underway this year, 2017, episode 33. I'm one of your hosts, Jacob Lacey, joined again today, as always, by Aaron Hahn. Hello. And David Becker. Hello, world. Guys, it's a new year. It's 2017, you know, 2016. It was rough, I think, in, in a lot of ways, but um, I think we're optimistic for 2017, but 2016 was good in one way. Uh, thank you to the people who listened to us in 2016. Um, we hope you'll continue to listen in 2017 because we've got some good things planned for you. So that's that's that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I was, I was talking to my one friend, and she was like, because I was like, yeah, I got to go podcast. She goes, oh, you're famous? I'm like, of course I am. I have a podcast. We're the most famous. It's not like anyone can get a podcast. No. You know. <laughs> anyone who can pay 12 bucks a month can. <laughs> um, guys. Yes. We took a week off last week. Uh, you know, family stuff. Uh, just holiday. Christmas. Weekend Christmas. This stuff. holiday called Christmas. Well, I mean that and New Year's Eve. Was... Merry Chrysler. Merry, Merry Chrysler. Chrysler. <laughs> um, but we talked about before we went on break that when we come back, we were going to talk about Rogue One spoilers, Star Wars, Star Wars story. Um, so now, guys. Here's your chance. Click off the video if you have not seen Rogue One, but you've had like three weeks now, and it's the third, second highest grossing movie of the year. So, Soon did it move up? you probably did, did it move it. up to second? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right above. Soon to be number one. It's yeah. gonna pass Finding Dory. Yeah. We have hope. Rebellions are built on hope. Um. So yeah, guys, uh, we're talking spoilers. I will put a time code to where we stop talking about spoilers. But for now, spoilers will run free. So giving you five seconds. I'm giving you till after the sound clips. Can you can you wait? All right, guys. and everyone dies. Everyone <laughs> <dies>. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Not everyone. All and then Jar Jar Binks comes in, yep. and he's like, "I created the Death Star," and and. Yeah, that's, well, that's, that's when, when me and Jake walk out of the movie, we're like, Jake's like, <laughs> Joking. dude, wasn't that crazy when Jar Jar B- Biggs comes in? I was like, what? Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, dude. And someone came was like looking at us like, what are they talking about? Yeah, we really about? did. We do. <laughs> Just yeah. shout it to the people standing in line. I was like, I wasn't uh, expecting just... that Ewok subplot, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, Guys, uh, just what do we think of it? Um. I know for me, last week, I said it was my number two movie. It's moved down to seven, because I understand that other movies were better than it, but Rogue One is very special to me. So, I'm going to hold it very special to me, but, you know, I'm going to move it to where it's appropriate in my list, I think. Mm-hmm. How special? As in, like, holding a newborn child special? Or... Yes. That, that, that's special. It's pretty special. It might be more special than, you know, when I have a kid, I'm going to be like, you're okay. You're no Rogue One, but you're okay. Um, uh, why? Why is my cousin Rose named after Rose? Oh, because your aunt loves Rose. Oh, why am I named Star Wars? The shut up, Star Wars Rogue One. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Those names are great. guys. What do you guys think? Oh, oh, okay. So, I mean, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna stumble on it. Stumble. It stumble. was the first. 
Star Wars movie without a long a, a long plot and a star and a um, lightsaber battle. We yeah. could debate between. There's kind of a like, lightsaber a- a- Aaron gave me the, the Aaron Han face. Is like, well, just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and I, it did seem you, like they were subtly hinting at a love story. No, and, and it's hard. To, what? No. Yeah. Between Jen and uh, what's his name? There was no love connection there. There was. There, there was. There okay, definitely pause, was pause. not. It, okay, if that isn't the love connection you're talking about, what was the connection you were thinking of, Jacob? Me? Yeah, I didn't we say there was a love one connection. One. Last week, oh. I, or last time we did a podcast, I was like, it was between uh, the Chihuahua. Chihuahua I don't know how to. The oh, yeah, no, no, that totally, yeah. I, no, I honestly think so. Names are. I don't even know the characters' names from this. No. Is, are you talking you about the blind, the blind guy? And blind the guy blind and, guy and his friend. Yeah. With the oh, gun. I, I, I would say the blind guy and the force. That's, that's yeah, the true that was love, the love affair that, that too. It's the, it's the three of them. You got you to gotta leave room for the force in the middle. <laughs> that, they say that at school dances <laughs> in, uh, in yep. Star Wars world. Leave room for the force. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, Aaron nah. what did you think of it? <laughs> I mean, I basically summed up my thoughts our last podcast by saying, like, I think it's a excellent companion piece to episode four, but it's very flawed as a movie in its own right. Like specifically, I think the first two thirds or so. Well, now we're a bit hey, like clunky. Spoilers! Spoilers are free range, so let them fly. What was wrong? I mean, with I it? just feel like stuff like uh, with Forrest Whitaker's character. What's his name? Saw Saw Guerrero. Sagarer. I feel like that stuff just like it felt very awkwardly edited together. Like there were like some obvious reshoots that you could notice in the conversation between him and Jin, and like their relationship just felt like it's it's this awkward thing where like he rescues her as a child, and then we cut immediately to this you know plays in the timeline later when their relationship is distant. And it's kind of awkward to never see that relationship develop if it's supposed to be this important to the story. Because there was only one mention of it, and it was like, you left me when I was 16. Right. I I forgot what he said, but... It's um, because... Yeah, it was something like that. It was a lot of of telling, not showing. Yeah, I believe what the reasoning was was because the Rebellion wanted to use her as a ransom for the Empire. Which... Would never have worked. I don't. The rebellion's just stupid if they think that would have worked. But all right. No, the, those those empire people they really care about uh, human life. You know, yep. there's, there's one thing we know about them. So yeah, I um, one thing, and I think J- Jake mentioned this to me as well. See, like half my points are things that me and Jake have already talked about because yeah, we so, mean, usually see a lot of these movies together. Yeah. So I was just like, oh yeah, Jake and I. Well, like um, at the very, very beginning of the movie, um, the all the different cuts between all the different planets, like the pacing, I was like, hold up, like this is six new planets. I'm okay with six new planets in the Star Wars universe, but like we're like, oh, we're on this planet, and then they're like, this one like ten second clip happens, and then we cut to another planet, yeah. we're like another seven. So I was like, oh, guys, like it's calm down. Right. That's that is, exactly what I'm talking that about. That is by so far. So I guess the it was it was kind of helpful that this is the first Star Wars film that's actually labeled the planets on screen. 
So, I mean, like, at least we could keep track in that sense, now, I suppose. did that feel weird to anyone else? It it did feel it, weird. It felt like it didn't belong. I was like, eh. Well, I mean, I, I get what they're doing, though. Like, they're trying those, like, tiny little ways to differentiate it from the main Star Wars films. Like, the no opening crawl. The, the You even have, like, a cold open before the uh, title card even comes up. Yeah. Stuff like they don't have like the wipe transitions and all that kind of stuff between scenes, so it it, it definitely differentiated itself in that way. Yeah, it had a different feel, whether it's a good or yeah, bad. I don't know that it was a good new feel, feeling. Honestly. It's it's it was more of a traditional movie, I suppose. Yeah, as we would expect as a modern blockbuster to be. Yeah, I did. I did kind of call it. I called that. Um, I was like, oh, like I was talking to him. Like, oh, Ray's totally gonna die, dude. Just wait. Like, I'm feeling it. No, and not then, Ray. But I, I, not Ray. Sorry, Jim. <laughs> yeah. I I saw Ray, Ray, I Ray's saw, gonna die. Calling it right. Ray dies in <laughs> Rogue One. Thirty years I'll call, before. I'll call Ray born. dying too. Oh, yeah, wow. I mean, I, I can see it. Wow. I mean, I don't think. No entire, way. I don't know if, if no Disney way. would go ahead and kill <laughs> no way. the star of their main trilogy. Probably an episode. The last of the trilogy. I can see it. But, um, yeah. Anyway, what were you saying about Jin dying? Uh, I'll say, like, because at the end, obviously, everyone dies. And, like, I don't know how I feel. Like, I, I don't know how I feel about that. Like, if I was supposed to feel sentimental, like, I, I don't know. Like, I obviously was sad, and I didn't, I didn't know if I felt. As sad as I should have. Oh man, really? Because like, you, because like they sad. introduced all these new characters very quickly, and then they took them all away just like that. So it was hard for them to like have a place in my heart. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I feel like I you, see, you, see o- you see Obi Wan go through what movies one through too four. many movies, too many movies for Obi Wan. What he was like the best part of the prequels. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What are you talking about? Come on, Lacey. Yoda makes it through, what, six? Five? Five. five. He's not in four, but he's in, like, yeah. But, he's alive. But he's there. <laughs> he's in he's the force. He's alive. He comes, he's one with the force, comes, and the force is with him. <laughs> and he comes He comes back in six in um super awesome ghost form. Well, he dies in six. What you think about it? Why does it... Because you see... um. You see Darth Vader slash Anakin come back in ghost form as, like, normal Anakin. So why didn't Yoda just make him, like, a super souped-up hormone monster Yoda? Like By normal super... Anakin, do you mean prequel Anakin or the original old Anakin? Yeah, because he comes back as old Anakin in the original. In the original version. But, not, but not scarred Anakin. Correct. Are, are you talking about the the Anakin from the prequel trilogy, or the one that's underneath the Darth Vader mask in Episode Six? <laughs> that that one. What, what ghost comes back? Well, they the changed from, it. That's what, that's what I'm saying. When you said original Anakin, I didn't know who you were referring to because they I was, changed. I was it. talking about I was talking about Anakin not having any scars. Okay. We are on okay, a bad gotcha. tangent here, guys. <laughs> this has nothing to do with Rogue One. Now, David, I understand that, but I think I'm on the opposite side of that, personally, where I liked the idea that they introduced these characters, and honestly, I cared about all of them. Um, Maybe the one I cared the least about would be 
maybe Bodie, but Bodie's death was like kind of Which powerful. Was Bodie, uh, he was the I... pilot, the Imperial pilot. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, because I'm throwing it out internet. I don't know any of their names. I know, I, I know, Jen and 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 what's the droid? K K two S O. So yeah. the, all right, so let's go through the cast here. We got Jin, we got Cassian, who is the rebel uh, okay, yeah. spy. Um, which Aaron and David, quick, quick tangent. Have you seen the interviews with Diego Luna saying he wants to touch no. Jabba the Hutt? Yes, he's sent me. Oh yes, I have. <laughs> yes, I have. They're amazing. Um, but oh. then the blind guy is Cheatway, I believe, or is that his real name? No, his real name is... Uh, Donnie Yen. Don't be racist, Jacob. Right. Goodness gracious. No! <laughs> oh, uh, Donnie Yen. I, I just believe. said... <laughs> what? I just said that. Donnie Yen, yeah. Oh, I didn't hear oh, you over, David. I'm sorry. Um, so, <laughs> Cheatway would be his name. I don't know his buddy's name at all. Um, and then uh, Bodhi. So, I think the movie did a good job of making you care about all of them and all of their deaths, honestly, because every time one died, it'd be like, oof, well, that's sad. K2SO just died. I, re- I really liked K2SO. Oh, well, that's the only person I, they're... I think, what? I think the thing is, like, I definitely didn't care about those characters as much as you seem to do, but I think, like, K2SO, when he died, it was, like, the biggest impact. But then once you... Then once they keep on dying... You're like, okay, they're they're all gonna die, and you get like kind of like really? numb to it. So I feel like by the end, it's like their deaths didn't have as big of an impact. You know, I didn't feel that at all. Cause just I, like, oh, okay, they're one, all gonna die. Once K two S O died, I, read, I was like, oh, they're gonna bring them back at the end. They're gonna like reprogram a droid, and they're gonna be like, oh, it's K two S O again. Oh yeah, he's okay. But then like, yeah, um, Cheatway dies, and then his buddy right after, I believe. And you're like, oh, wow, that's really sad. But if they had to kill human characters, I understand it being them. And then it's like, oh, Bodhi just dies in, like, the most throwaway part way possible where they just throw a grenade into the ship and he just dies. And it's just like, wow, that was that was real, man. That was actually pretty real. Like, he's just a small little ant in this huge war. Like, he, he's nothing. And, like, that's just kind of, I think, the point in a way where it's just like, Everyone has their part to play, but in the end of the day, you're gonna die, and you don't mean anything more than the next guy who dies next. Right, to you. but I think I think that means like their their deaths had a bigger impact symbolically than as they they did for characters we actually care about. You know, I will say like I, they had an I impact in like the, the meaning they had as like these are soldiers that you know had to sacrifice themselves so that you know Luke Skywalker could go on and destroy the Death Star. Yeah, but. As characters, I feel like I agree with David that they weren't developed enough for us to fully care about them as much as other Star Wars heroes. Which, I mean, so sad that there's going to be a sequel to Rogue One because I would have loved to see all those characters be developed. <laughs> I, I believe there is a sequel to Rogue One. It's a little film called uh, it Star Wars. It literally starts right when this movie ends. <laughs> um, but no, I... You guys seem to have like thought this was really going to happen because the whole time when uh, Jin and Cassian come out on the beach, I'm like, oh, a, a ship's going to fly in and save them at the last second. We're going to get one of those little Star Wars things. Oh, they're going to be saved at the last minute or whatever. And no, they just, they straight up die. <laughs> and you're like, no, cause, holy cause crap. I, I knew they were all going to die because 
we already know the ending and you can't introduce all of these awesome amazing characters before the original trilogy and just be like oh yeah and then like how are you gonna say they all lived how are you gonna explain oh where were they you know you like obviously like we know that they weren't it's there a war. they don't need like, to be at the front lines all the time <laughs> but all these amazing epic characters who played a very strong important role and getting the planes, you don't think they're going to continue to follow up and blow up it. Like, I knew they were going to die because there's no way just to put them into episode. Because you can't put them into episode four. Cause well, George Lucas would try, wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> it's time for a new special edition. <laughs> anyway, guys. Do you, do you think, do you think oh. there's going to be a director's cut of Rogue One? Because, no. of course, I read an article where supposedly there's, like, they... Sometimes they had like thirty different cuts to get to like the same scene, right? Yeah, I don't and, think there will be. And, and even just watching the trailers, there's a lot of footage in the yeah. trailers that then make so, the final movie. I but I don't think that. they would do a director's cut. No, thank one of the things I love the most about this movie is that half the. And I don't know if this is on purpose or if this is just the. Maybe it's a mixture between being on purpose and reshoots, but. I loved that most of what you see in the trailers doesn't happen in this movie. And I think that's really what trailers should be more often. Because just give me like a tone for the movie. Just tell me what the movie's going to feel like. Introduce me to the characters a little bit. But don't show me... Like, the Amazing Spider-Man 2 trailer is infamous for showing Gwen Stacy falling to her death in the trailer. <laughs> like, why? Like, well... I don't know, man. But if I want to talk... If I want to tone in introducing the characters, then I'm just going to play like a sad song and then just have a photo of each character pop up on the screen, Jacob. <laughs> like, is that really what you want? <laughs> but I, I don't know. I was happy to not see the shot where they're running on the beach towards the ATATs or whatever. Because I'm like, okay, there's other cool ATAT stuff in the movie. So why do we need that one scene in particular? Because that was the big hook of the trailer. I mean, that was the moment. That people wanted to see. Man, I was really happy. It's like, in, happy it it's like in, in Fantastic Four when the thing jumped out of the helicopter. <laughs> that's not quite as, that, that wasn't that's quite different. as exciting, but I <laughs> would appreciated any that, action that, at all in that film. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like there was a lot of stuff in the trailers. That I feel like I really wanted to see, and I was disappointed it wasn't in there. Like the one shot where it's like uh, Jin and Cassian and K two S O running through, like, the Death Star hallway among, like, the huge crowd of Imperials. That wasn't the Death Star. I don't That's think. Not the that Death was Star? supposed to be Scarif. It looked like the Death Star. Because they're in the same clothes that they wear on Scarif. All, yeah. Imper all Imperial hallways look the same. They really that do. That was true. But, we didn't, but still, that was... They've, they've been using the same props got. since, like... Yeah, they never went before. on the Death Star, I, which I was expecting. I think... Yeah, I think one thing i was this is just like maybe my expectations which isn't really a fair critique of the film exactly but i feel like i wish they would have had something that was more of like an infiltration job like focused more on that aspect because if you read like the original crawl in new hope it's like this group of spies or whatever is able to steal the death star plans and you think okay there's going to be like some espionage mission essentially in rogue one which That's i think would have been a cool much. aspect to explore you know i feel like they did that not like to like a huge extent but it was that's what i'm saying i wish i wish it was more of a focus okay. i right. think that would have differentiated it even film. more 
basically. Dude, a Star Wars heist film would be amazing, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Well, that's what we were promised, but it was more yeah. of a war film as opposed to a heist film, which, I mean, I, I it, it was an interesting film regardless. Okay? Was but... I okay with my war film? Yes, I was. Right, that's what I'm saying. It's just like, th- that's just, you know, what could have been. Guys. Because, because, oh. them, because Star Wars Rogue One took a risk by killing every single person on that plane, because has it... The only, the only other major, like, killing, like, in episode three, when Anakin just slaughters everyone, like, every single person in the Jedi Temple. Like, other like that's a very large group of deaths. Are you kidding me? It, Star Wars 7 destroys a whole system of planets. <laughs> they destroy five. Yeah, but it's different no, when you're watching but, but, planets as opposed to But, people. yeah, but, but, but okay. Yeah, so you're like, oh, look at all, like, there goes the whole system, but, like, do, do I really care about that system? Not really. Okay. That just that reminds me of when Zack Snyder was trying to defend Baron V. Superman, and he was like, <laughs> well, Kylo Ren murdered all these people in Star Wars, <laughs> and it's like, so you're comparing Superman to Kylo Ren now? <laughs> no. But even, even in episode three, when it's like, Anakin, like, he killed younglings. That's kind of just, like, swept under the rug. Like, I didn't really care about all the younglings, you know what I mean? But, like, yeah, they just to die. They don't act like that was a huge <laughs> war crime or anything. They're just like, oh, you murdered children. Cool, whatever. <laughs> but, like, with the, but I feel like Rogue One took a major leap by killing, by having this massive death sequence. And I think, I think it worked out for him. I agree. It was definitely you, probably. The, the darkest Star Wars film, ever. which was which was good because it set it aside. Yeah, and I wanted to mention this as well. So, so Episode Seven, I love Episode Seven, but it's very much a New Hope in a lot of ways, as we've talked about um, tonally and just story wise, even um, where Rogue One is very much Empire tonally. And that is, like, my Star Wars. That, like, Empire is, like, the Star Wars that I'm, like, yeah, this is what I like out of my Star Wars. I like when it's a little dark. I like when there's well, not too much hope. But hope opinions are built on hope. <laughs> As they reminded us many, um, many times. Some would say too many. Like I would. <laughs> yeah. But, but there's just so many parallels Rebellions are built. There's so many parallels yes, there that yes, I just they oh, are. God. Yes, yes. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> that I, I just think this is what I I want Star Wars to be more than anything. Because like like I said, love episode seven, but it is very much like in the end everything's okay. You know, we we got a we got one over on the Empire in episode seven and episode four, but in episode five and even Rogue One, we kind of got one over on them, but they're still just destroying us. So, um, but you also, but you also have to say that Episode Seven is also opening up a brand new trilogy. So, like, you gotta, yeah. you have to lay the groundwork. Meaning, you can't really destroy everyone before yeah. you gotta introduce them for at least two movies That's before true. you just kill off everyone. Um. Do you want to talk the last tw- uh, last five minutes of the film and how absurdly the, great the best they are? Part of the entire film, maybe it's the best part. Yeah, mm. that ending, that ending was phenomenal. It was definitely the best part of the film. I think the Darth Vader hallway scene is the best. That's part what of the whole isn't movie. that what you're not talking about? 
I mean, I, I, are you talking about the whole ending as a whole? Because, like, the Princess Leia... You said like, the last five minutes, so I assumed the Darth Vader scene to the end. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll count that. Darth Vader scene. Can we, talk, can we talk about the casting? We'll get to that, okay. I suppose. Because Lacey wanted to talk about the ending. All right, Darth talk Vader about Darth hallway Vader. scene. One of the greatest movie moments all year. Holy crap. Probably the top movie moment of... Of it, the year. It might be. <laughs> what, what I liked about it, what I liked about it is because, like, obviously we all know who Darth Vader is. And yeah. we, and when Darth Vader has been portrayed in episodes four, five, and six, he's always been kind of like this, like, we know how powerful and how strong he is, but he's always kind of been, like, lunky, right. force, you know what I mean? But there's, this like, scene, a, a limitation to the technology in the 70s yeah. that couldn't fully convey his really? power. Really? There was a limitation to technology. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm but like, but I remember, I remember like this scene happens. Like I saw Darth Vader came through. I'm like, oh, well, like he's probably just gonna force choke someone again. All of a sudden, nope, no, <laughs> just like chopping people. I was like, so okay, let's... this is the Darth Vader I could get behind. This <laughs> yeah. is Darth Vader that just like goes out and kills all the rest of the main Jedi, even with his suit on, like. Mm-hmm. That I, that we've read about in the comics that you know we've played as yeah let's, right yeah let's break that, down this scene so it's dark the hallway's dark <clears throat> and then you just hear the 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 breath and you're like oh no everyone in this hallway is dead aren't they <laughs> and then all of a sudden the lightsaber turns on and it's just that red glow and you're like oh everyone's dead <laughs> and whenever I hear anyone talk about this scene. No one mentions the coolest part. I'm like, did everyone just, like, miss this? But one of the very first things he does when he starts out his massacre in the hallway is at the end of the hallway, he picks someone up and lifts him to the roof. And then eventually when he gets to him, he just swings his lightsaber up and cuts the guy in half that's on the roof. I'm like, are you kidding me? That's amazing. (laughs) How is no one talking about this? I bet that's how he uh, handled all the young ones as well in episode three. <laughs> yeah, now we need now we need a, a one of these spinoff films just of Darth Vader massacring the young ones. No. <laughs> like, give me give me a Star Wars slasher film. That or, would be like, my favorite I, film of all I would time. Love that. Dude, it would be like or, the beginning of uh, Force Unleashed, where he just massacres all the Wookiees. <laughs> yeah, that that was that was an epic. That was so fun and Force Unleashed. I was like, yeah, <laughs> just destroy everyone. Okay, so you see a Star Wars slasher film, but what about a Star Wars surgeon video where you just get, it's like six hours of just the surgery that they had to do on Darth Vader? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh. That's how his breathing breathing thing works. They'll include it in the Star Wars Holiday Special too. And he'd be like, to repair your Darth Vader and do this. It's an instructional video. I mean, I mean, pull out your Darth Vader. I was gonna stretch for the birth video of Lake of uh, Luke and Leia, but you know, I was like, you know what? Let, let's just work with the surgery on Darth Vader. <laughs> That'll be a we can, we can get to that. We need yeah, to save that. Yeah, you, know, you got you got to keep it kid appropriate by mm-hmm. just you know showing the charred Gun. corpses being you know <laughs> grotesquely <laughs> transformed um, into a cyborg <laughs> um, after he murdered a bunch of children. So you know, something, kids, else, something I wanted to mention: um, one of the writers on the film, Gary Witta was on a podcast that I listened to, like, years ago, 
like years ago. He was on it. He's like, yeah, um, he's like, I'm working on a movie. I can't talk about what movie it is or whatever. But he's like, so uh, let's just talk about Star Wars, guys. <laughs> and they just, they're like, what's your favorite moments in any Star Wars movie? And he talked about his favorite moment was having the three-layered battle in A Return of the Jedi where it's the space battle, the bunker battle, and then Luke and uh, the Emperor and Darth Vader. And then knowing that going in, like, that's his favorite part. And then seeing that happen in this movie, where there's, like, you know, them getting the plans, them on the beach, and then the space battle just all working together. And, like, you know, this part happens, this changes this, this changes this. I'm like, oh, he did it, man. He did it. <laughs> like... And there was just kind of like these clues that I had, but it just, you know, it clicked. I don't know. I just, that was a moment for me that I just wanted to talk about. So Gary Whitta, I know you're only one of the four, four writers on it, but good job. Four or five, five, maybe. I think there were five. If you count, if you count Gareth Edwards. David, you wanted to talk about the casting? Oh yeah. I forgot about that. Sorry. I've, um, well, they, did they use CGI to bring back Tarkin? Tarkin, Tarkin. Yeah. yes, and, and it was and, an abomination and really distracting and pulled me out of the movie every time to the point where I couldn't even listen to the dialogue. Didn't notice. Really, I, I was like, they recasted him, didn't they? I could not tell it was a different person. It's so I could not noticeable. Tell it was... I don't understand how people are watching this and not picking up. On I did this. not pick up on it once. It's the same thing with. Uh, What's his name? Paul Walker in Furious 7. I'm like, what is everyone talking like, about? They this... didn't do like extensive dialogue scenes in that. No, but everyone was like, oh, it, it looks so just, fake. You know, I'm like, no, it doesn't. It looks like him. Like, I don't get it. It, it does look, look fake, though. Like, at the very end when, like, they're in, against the car with Vin Diesel and he just, like, looks over at him. It looks... No, I, I can't so, tell. I, I, I remember reading tell. somewhere that, like, Paul Walker's coming back for, like, now. I'm like, you can't do that. Like, he's, like... Oh yeah, Vin Diesel like wants to bring his character back. Yeah. He's like, no, Vin Diesel. No, I swear to God, Vin Diesel. <laughs> if anything could kill the Fast and Furious franchise, that may be it. Yeah. But <laughs> they um... survived the death of its star, but not the resurrection. <laughs> so Casting. yeah, I I personally. I didn't know that it was CGI until I read, like, oh, CGI was used. But I was like, oh, that's cool. And so, like, I haven't, like, gone back and looked at anything. But, like, when I was just watching the movie, and, like, I'm kind of, I'm going to be, like, I'm uneducated, like, act, like, no actors' names and, like, everything. Like, I'm just not good at knowing that, like, how old they are or if they're still alive. So I was just like, oh, it's the same guy. Like, surprise, he's still kicking. <laughs> he's 102. <laughs> <laughs> and Jake's like, oh no, he, Jake's like, oh, he's dead. And I was like, oh, oh, recasted that. Well, like, great recast, good work. But um, I was like, so I guess I did, so. Aaron, did you know that it was CGI going into it or no? I didn't know that. I I had heard like rumors here and there that they were talking about uh, recreating his character with CGI, but I didn't know they were gonna do that much with it. Like I thought he was just gonna be kind of like a background character. Just like you know, like a brief appearance of him yeah. would, and then you see Jar for that. But they went like full dialogue scenes see, with him. I felt like question, that was too much. My my thing is like, you kind of knew that it was CGI, so you knowing that it was CGI, did that make you look for the flaws and pull you out of it? Because like 
I didn't know anything. I was like, oh, okay. And, and since I wasn't looking for it, I wonder if that made me enjoy my experience more with that Maybe. scene. But at the same time, like, I wasn't going into it, like, searching for the CGI. It's just as soon True. as he appeared on screen, I recognized it. Because there is just that uncanny valley that CGI can't overcome. I, well, I, like, I thought, like, I thought, like, I looked at it, I was like, how did they do his makeup? But then, I, but then I was thinking, like, this dude's like old as heck. Like, of course they probably had to throw like pounds of makeup on him. So I kind of just like brushed, brushed, brushed it aside. <laughs> I got that word, those words out. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm just saying it was way too distracting for me. I, I wish they had worked around it better. I really wish they would have just recast, even though it didn't bother me that much, because it bothers everyone else, and I, I can't hear the end of it now. <laughs> and they recast Mon Mothma, so, like, they could have just recast yeah, him. They, I, it's... They, they even had, like, uh, Tarkin briefly in the prequels. I don't think he had any speaking lines, but... What? At the very, at the, the very brief clip, when Darth Vader walks down the hallway of the Star Destroyer and looks at the Death Star being built, they had a Tarkin there. Oh, yeah, I guess they did. Maybe he was that guy. I don't know. I don't know if he's a good actor because he didn't have any speaking right. lines. He probably just looked the part. Guys, got anything else to say about it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, the, Car- the Carrie Fisher. Oh, rest in peace, Carrie Fisher. Uh, they recasted her. They didn't recast her. That was CGI as well. That was CGI as well. That's yeah. CGI. As well. That's that's again. Jeff, I was you like, told me you no, I thought you, they you did. Me... I thought they did. Yeah, I was like, oh wow, they made her look exactly like Princess Leia. No, it was. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Well, okay. So, so did did you notice that one, then, Aaron? What I noticed that one. Right. That one I think wasn't as well, bad. One line because we only got a brief glimpse of it as opposed to you know having a full-on conversation yeah see that one did i didn't notice it i was like okay i can i can deal with that all right never mind then is that all we got <laughs> speaking of carrie fisher i did read that she is going to be in episode eight because yeah. all of her, all of her scenes she have already been shot scenes, yeah right principal photography wrapped in july yeah so yeah so I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cry when I see this movie now." It, like, okay. Do you ever just? I, I hate myself for thinking this. It wasn't like right away. Because when I heard Carrie Fisher died, I straight up bawled for about like two hours, probably. Um, it was really sad for me. <laughs> but uh, after that, I was like, "What's gonna happen for Star Wars Nine? And I hated myself. I'm like, "That's not what I should be caring about right now." <laughs> so I don't know. I, I felt weird about it, but. Yeah. Well, we have the answer now. Just just CGI them. Nothing nothing wrong with that, apparently. No, I, they'll write her out. It, it, it's, a, it's a slippery slope, you guys. And and Disney Disney okay. went for it. Disney, okay, Disney started the push. I don't need any more AP English. Stop it. It's a slippery, <laughs> oh, slippery slope. slope uh, what was that? <laughs> Argument or whatever? Anyway. Logical guys, fallacies? Log- logical fallacies. That's completely different slippery slope <laughs> yeah um i like the one where i just insult the person <laughs> in order to... <laughs> you're not supposed to use the logical fallacies <laughs> you have that's the point of this lesson i, I really like the one where i'm illogical 
Yeah, Aaron, Aaron makes strong, strong opinion and argument. Aaron, you have crappy hairline. Ooh. <laughs> Guys, let's, let's well, give our no, final thoughts. No, I check, check my hair. Let's no, give our internet, final thoughts. Internet. Aaron has a very okay. strong hairline. Guys, but I highly suggest go see Rogue One. <laughs> go see it if you haven't seen it yet. Um, obviously, I mean, if you're listening to this, you have seen it because it is spoilers. So. <laughs> Whatever. Go yeah, see Rogue I mean, One I, again. I feel like we talked a lot of negative things about it, but on the whole, it was very enjoyable. Uh, yeah, I loved it. And um, I do I do love the context it gives the oh, original film oh, in terms yeah. of like the Empire's strength and just like the sacrifices. Episode made four is a better movie. Because of it. I will stand by that. I yeah, I really I really enjoyed the movie internet. Guys. So let's move on to the upcoming movies of the week. The vampire and lichen clans had been at war for centuries. There's only Movie. one, and it, <laughs> it looks like garbage trash. So, <laughs> um, it's Underworld Blood Blood Wars Blood Ties Blood Wars Blood Wars. But blood wars. but okay, listen. If, if you're Charlie, and you are Dane DeVito. You digging through the trash. There's so much treasures in the trash, Jacob. <laughs> I have not seen an Underworld movie. Not one. So, I haven't either. So I really can't. Have oh, I haven't either. I thought one of us would no. have seen at least one of these. <laughs> this is going to be the shortest upcoming movie section ever. Um, so the trailer. So it's really weird that this and the final, the final Underworld and the final Resident Evil are coming out in the same year, and they both look so bad. Like, it's just like no one cares. No one cares at all. Yeah. Well, is this one supposed to be like? around vampires and like they're fighting over blood or something because like lichens. one of the trailers it was like I think, I think it's like a battle between vampires and werewolves yes. as far as i understand it mm, twilight yes like twilight but like a but, dark twilight yeah <laughs> twilight was dark you've got some random guy appearing in your room and trying to fuck <laughs> blood i think oh, yeah. it, if, it wants if, if, if you view it properly as a thriller then yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Twilight's pretty dark. Then that's the only way to... I, I only view movies properly. I don't know what other way you're supposed to. <laughs> but yeah, there's a reason I haven't watched any of the Underworld movies thus far. They're why so, the Zingard watch all of them? No, he watches the Resident Evil films. Yes. He might actually have seen the Underworld films on that show. That sounds like something you're going to watch and I don't know why. They just—they don't—they don't. They don't I'm like I'm just like, yep, that—that's happening. <laughs> that's a movie. It, it feel, oh, but I feel like it's. Oh, continue. Sorry, sorry. I, I just always feel like the underworld movies are like crappy sci-fi movies that I would watch on a weekend on like the Sci-Fi Channel. Yeah, basically. Sci-Fi. And I've never seen one, so I can't. <laughs> um. Test it. Aaron, I think you and I, we need to mention a movie that was supposed to come out this week, though. Um, so, if you guys know anything about Amityville, The Haunting. The Awakening. Nope. The Awakening, sorry. Um, it's been pushed back thrice now, I believe. I think so. So, it was supposed to come out. I believe out... it was supposed, first supposed to come out in 2014. Yes. In, like, October. Yes. Then it got pushed back to April 1st, 2015. Mm -hmm. And then, like, a week before that date, they pushed it all the way back 
to January 2017. And then a week before that... a week, just a week ago, they pushed it back again to June 2017. So just release it. This movie's going to be like the worst piece of trash ever. I I don't know why they wouldn't just release it. It cannot be worse than the Bye Bye Man, right? Like, it cannot be worse. Oh, we'll we'll talk about the Bye Bye Man. Next week. I'm going to see it. Next week. I'm going to see it. (laughs) Don't don't think it, Jacob. Don't don't don't, it, don't, don't say, say it. it. What don't is this movie about? Don't think it. Oh God, yeah, I'm sorry, guys. Don't let's move say on. It. I'm sorry, I won't say it, don't guys. Don't think it. <laughs> Moving on, guys. Let's move on to what have you been watching this week? Faulkner is cook, cook Asian. Well, they got that wrong because you're obviously white. Does it make you feel bored or stupid? Well, it's supposed to. Wall Street loves to use confusing terms to make you think only they can do what they do. No, I'm gonna put in clips, alright? It was a holiday weekend. I, I didn't put any in this week. I am, or last week. Sure, sure. So sorry. I, I honestly thought that um jake spends like two hours of his time just making noises and sound effects so he could just cut his own voice in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. david anyway you want to start this week y- yeah because like we had a little bit of a we had a bit of a break a bit of a week break a little bit of a break yeah so i got like a few more movies than normal lay them on us so, so. I, I watched Breaking Bad like two, almost done two weeks that? ago. Almost done. Last season. I think I'm like midway through the last season. So I'm feeling pretty good. I'll probably finish it up sometime when I get home. Um, I'm, I'm really – I so far, I honestly think the sixth season is my favorite season. Yeah, I might agree with that. It's so pretty far. solid. It's, it's just I'm like, man. Good, good stuff is happening. Like I'm gonna leave it there because I don't want to ruin anything for anyone. Especially Pretty much just the entire last string of episodes is just masterpiece. It's just phenomenal. Yeah, um, I watched The Force Awakens, Woo! and I was like, like it's the first time that I've seen it since theaters. Uh huh. And Jay gives me like this look of disgust, like how dare you? Like, no, this no. Is the first that's, time. I was thinking about something. That wasn't. That wasn't that. That wasn't that. Sorry. <laughs> but um, yeah, I still really enjoyed the movie. I was like, look, I was like, man, like so much. I'm, but I like I'm looking for the Snoke Mace Windu theory <laughs> when I was watching it. Uh huh. I, I was like, this is. I'm like, he looks like Mace Windu. I can see it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's definitely Darth Plagueis. I mean, there's it's yeah, confirmed at this I know. point. But let it, let a man dream. Let him be. I, I'll is think. he though, or is wow. he Jar Jar Binks? I could if you cut off Jar Jar Binks's like ears, I could totally be. <laughs> if we completely deform this character's face, he looks exactly like Snoke. <laughs> Fan theory. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Four so. Times. I watched, I watched a whole season of Shameless, so now I'm on the final season. I'm on season six. 
super pumped about that. I'm, I'm going to finish up Shameless before I get back to home, probably, because I got nothing else to do. Right. Why not? It's break. It's really, it's really good still. I'm like, because all these characters are growing and developing and like getting into different things. I'm like, like the the fact that like all these characters, like all these character arcs are so different and so interesting. And you always want to know what's happening with each character. And like some characters in the show, absolutely. Like whenever like they come in the show, I'm like, like, I can feel like the hate in my body, like Bill. I'm like, stop! <laughs> Do not ruin this character's life. Like they've been doing so good. You just like come back in and like I lose, I lose it. So, what? Well, I know none of you guys don't have any time because you just watch 2016 movies. But yeah, when you do you find some time, 2016's up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> when you do find some time, shameless should like. I will watch it, buddy. I will watch it for you. Should be up there. Mm-hmm. I watched Spectre. Uh, what'd you think? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I've we're very Spectre. down on Spectre. <laughs> then why would you rewatch it if you've seen it? You should have known to stay away. My dad and I have watched every single James Bond movie there is. Right, but Spectre's like one of the worst. It's teamwork, Aaron. It's called being a family, all right? You know who knows about family? El Diablo and Suicide Squad. You wouldn't know anything about family. <laughs> oh, we'll get to Suicide Squad. Oh, we will. I watched it too. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I saw you tweet about it. Yeah. But um, so how many movies does what, what, who who's playing Bond right now? Sorry, Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. Yeah. How how many does he have? Three? Does he have Casino Royale, Spectre, and Skyfall? Quantum of Solace. Quantum of Solace. Quantum Solace. Between Casino Royale and Skyfall. So he has yeah. four. That okay. was pretty bad, too, actually. Out of those four movies, out of those four, like, all those movies blend together. Is it bad that all four of those movies, besides Skyfall? Skyfall is... I enjoy Skyfall. I was thumbs-upping. Yeah. No, one can, no one can hear my thumbs-up, but Jake, I was giving thumbs-up to Skyfall. Two thumbs-up to Skyfall. I give a big two thumbs. Skyfall... Now you give a Aaron gives a half thumb and a up one thumb up. The first two thirds are good. The third act kind of makes the third act awesome. Apart. You don't like the third act? No, when they're doing like the Home Alone house invasion yes, thing. Awesome. It's dumb. You're dumb. Well, hey, I, mean, I believe that's a uh, logical, logical fallacy, fallacy right there. Anyway, David, Spectre, hey, Spectre. That, that's that's my favorite one. But yeah, I don't know. No, Spectre I, has good like, parts. I always, I always like Bond movies because like I've watched every single one with them. But but like the thing is that it just kind of blends. It doesn't really do anything. Yeah. For you know they're all starting to blend together, which I I, I don't know if like the writing more, needs right? to change. I don't know if I need a new Bond. I don't maybe both. Based on Spectre, I would say the writing needs to change. Yeah. That was the biggest problem with that movie. Now, like, oh, sorry, Jake. No, no, uh, go ahead, go ahead. Cause like, like they can always deliver like these big action. You always want to deliver a solid car chase and like these big action shots. Like all these like, they deliver. David is dying. Yeah. Oh no, he's back. All right. Hello. Hello. <laughs> what I cut out? No, you, cut no, out we could hear that, you. It was like just entire jumpy. sentence. Yeah, just repeat. Right, so like, so like Spectre like delivers like all these like big like over the top fight sequences, all the like, car <laughs> the chases. Helicopter. 
What? <laughs> the helicopter sequence. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. And like, like it delivers everything a Bond movie should have, but like, I don't know if it just doesn't it's execute soulless. it. Like, like, like I, it has all. I honestly think it's the writing. Yeah. Is the mm-hmm. fault? Like the yeah. awkward character development where he like suddenly thinks like this girl is like the most important girl he's ever met in his entire life, and the whole like twist with Christoph Waltz character. Yeah. I'm not sure how much of this we can spoil, but I want that whole to mention, twist is just horribly pulled off. I want and to unnecessary. Mention, um, for New Year's Eve, I was at my girlfriend's house and we were playing Cards Against Humanity with her family. And there was like one of the black cards that was like, Mr. Bond, before I kill you, I need to show you blank. And someone played uh, your like evil stepbrother or whatever. I'm like, that's the plot of Spectre. <laughs> like, that's, just, that's literally just the plot of Spectre. <laughs> is, is this how they wrote their screenplay? <laughs> Just <laughs> throw some cards on the table. So yeah, so I like, believe it. Because what's gonna happen? Like whatever. Because there's another Bond movie coming out. What? And they year? haven't set a date yet. No, it is. There it will is be because Daniel he, Craig, right? He, he has one more. In him. He has one more. I think. Right. One more. I think. It's really confusing where it's at right now, yeah. which is part of the reason why they haven't set a date. <laughs> but. Like I'm always down for more Bond movies. It's just yeah, I guess the as Aaron said, the writing's gotta something's gotta improve because they got all the ingredients. They just don't know what to do with them. Idris yep. Elba is Bond. Idris Elba is Bond. <laughs> Please let Idris Elba be James Bond. <laughs> it fits. And let Ch- let Childish Gambino become Spider Man. <laughs> let Childish Gambino become Bond. And Idris Elba becomes Spider Man. Oh, I, 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 oh. That. <laughs> I think I, I would love to see Charles Canbito as Spider <laughs> Yeah, that would be great. He's more. I think um, M is more his speed, or Q. Sorry, Q. Q is more his speed. Yeah, he could. Make, he would make a good Q. Yeah. Or what if we just had like the young, the young chap from Kingsman? Oh, no, we should have. We should have Charles Gambino and Abed from Community. As the cues. Yes. Yes. That would be amazing. Yes. We need this. We need, we, to do that, we need... You know who would cast them? Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. That's true. We need them on, on, a, on a Bond movie. I would, I would watch a Bond film they did. I, I would too. Anyway. Ah. Uh, so yeah, Spectre. Now, the biggest complaint with Spectre is that he shoots one bullet in the whole compound... <laughs> Blows up. <laughs> Why? It's so lazy. Anyway, continuing. Sorry, I just I like to throw that one in every time we talk about Spectre. Uh, yeah. I watched The Big Short. Oh, I love The Big Short. Big Short. I was very happily surprised with watching The Big Short. I know, right? It's not a movie I would ever expect like, to like. Cause my dad, my dad loves this movie. Oh. And so, like, I call, like, because my dad's, like, a big business guy, big, like, so, like, because I knew that this, like, obviously the housing bubble, and, like, I knew that, that this happened to our country, but, like, I never really, like, researched it, because I never really, like, it sounds bad, but, like, I never really cared, but, because, you know, it happened when we were young. Yeah, we were young. And, so, like, and I it's, never, also, like, it's also a lot more complicated. Yeah, then. Like, the, the movie simplifies it in an accessible way. Yeah. Which which is one of the movie's biggest pros that that they knew how complicated this pro, this was and so like the ways that they use 
just like they just had all these famous people. They're like, oh, here's a Mara Ryrie in a bathtub. Like she's gonna explain some stuff. I was like, okay, and it's like, oh, here's this chef. And like, oh, so Lady Goldberg's gonna tell me about like side bets? Yeah. Okay. Um, Like, why not? When I first saw it, the Margot Robbie one was my favorite because I was like, it was so out of nowhere. Like, I didn't know that was going to happen. And so I was like, that is awesome. But upon repeat viewings, I think the Anthony Bourdain section might be my favorite part. Like, my favorite cutaway. And I don't know why, but there's just something about him explaining. (laughs) Like, it's just so weird. Anyway. Oh, yeah. So, like, so, like, great acting. They did. They made it accessible to everyone, which they knew that they had to do. Mm-hmm. Which is a, a like a massive plus to them because that that like if they were able to get over that hump, then this movie was going to be good, and they were able to do that. And it's extremely funny too for being such a depressing oh, subject. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like Steve Corral, like when he <laughs> like great. when he's with the stripper, and he's like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, so like you have well, like two hours." She's like, "What?" I'm like. Six and like he comes out, he's like leaves the strip club. He's like, buy everything. There's a bubble. There's a bubble. like I'm just like Steve Crowell. I'm just like, what are you doing in here? I was cracking up. And, uh, and Ryan um, Gosling's character is hilarious too. Yeah, I love how they broke the fourth wall. Like it made it, it made it real. I like when the t- like the two uh, guys they were like sitting, like they they got denied passage. And oh like, yeah, oh, what is yeah. this? Like and then they t- it was like oh this is cool and then they turned the camera like this isn't actually how we had it but you know yeah oh my god that scene like, is amazing <laughs> yeah so yeah I'm very ha- I'm very happy with the big short I was yeah. glad I watched it. I love it it's it's I still stand by it being my favorite movie of 2015 it's absurd absurdly good yeah anyway what else. Now, let me take you down a road. Take me down a road. Chugga chugga. Of a classic movie. I'm a, I, sh- I should just make, I should have a sub show of all the classic movies that I should have seen, but I haven't seen. Uh-huh. I they watched. join you. <laughs> I watched Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Ooh. I, did, I watched that recently for the first time as well. See? So. See? Jangle could <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I'm just, it's, it, I watched it and get I was pleasantly surprised. I thought it was going to be like a Forrest Gump thing when I was oh, no, like... not like that at all. Because, <laughs> uh, like, you know, everyone's like, oh, Forrest Gump's amazing. And then yeah. you watch it and you're like, this is an okay movie. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't. But no, watch Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Really enjoyed it. Like, Man, I love that movie so much. It, it, it was just like, and like he's sporting the Red Wings jersey. I was like, hey. Yeah. And then... <laughs> He, he's like breaking the fourth wall and telling me how I can get out of school. I was like, man, I'm gonna, I, why did I watch this when I was in, like a kid? Like I could have used this. <laughs> the clammy hands, man. You just gotta lick your palms, which is kind of <laughs> weird, but like it works. Um, yeah. oh, continue. Sorry. No, I was just, I was just saying, like, and they they got to wreck a Ferrari. Like that must have been fun. Yeah. Like, no, I was just gonna mention that scene actually. <laughs> So I was like, I knew that scene happened in that movie. Like, like this is one of those movies where it's just so ingrained in popular culture that you kind of already know where the scenes fall and like what the main overarching story is. And but just seeing that scene within the context of the whole film was just, it's awesome. It, it's just, it's a great scene. It might be one of my favorite scenes ever, actually, <laughs> where they're just running the wheels backwards because they think it will take the miles off. <laughs> Like who yeah, yeah, I was cracking up. They're like, "Yo, man, it's not working." I was like, 
Did they, did they actually think this was going to work? <laughs> it's like doubled my... Yeah, oh my god. Anyway. I love how they didn't check either. They waited until it was done. And they're like, oh no. And I'm sitting there thinking, how much gas did they just spend running all those miles yeah. back, you know? Anyway. Oh yeah, so I'm happy. I'm actually happy I saw a classic movie. Yeah, it is a classic. definitely a film to see. Now, David... Uh, watch all the other John Hughes films, honestly, because they seem like they're your speed. Especially Breakfast Club, if you haven't seen Breakfast Club. Oh, I love Breakfast Club. Okay, I, I wanted to make sure you had seen it, because it's... It's, it's bad good. <laughs> no, oh, and then, and then there's that random scene with Charlie with Charlie Sheen in it, which is just hilarious. Charlie Sheen? Sheen not Sheen, sorry. <laughs> Charlie okay. Charlie Scene is a rapper in Hollywood of Dead. <laughs> oh, okay. Which is a phenomenal group. group. No, I'm just kidding, internet. Now, does Their anyone feel weird okay. watching Ferris Bueller's Day Off knowing about the principal? <laughs> no. But, um, I don't know. Oh, no. I was, I, okay. what, what did Jacob say? He lagged out. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I didn't hear it. Um, I didn't know this when I first saw Ferris Bueller, but does anyone feel weird now knowing what the about the principal? Like, <laughs> what? What about the principal? Wasn't it child pornography? Like, yeah. Oh, he got in trouble for child pornography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's awful. Yeah, it must have been that mustache. Oh my god! All right, let's move on. Abort! Abort! Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so right after, because like I watched that with my little sister, and then right after that we watched Looking for a Friend at the End of the World. Seeking a Friend for the End with of the Steve World. With Steve Carell. Sure, Seeking a Friend. That one works. With Steve <laughs> Carell and that other chick. Keira Knightley. Keira Knightley? Sure, I don't know. <laughs> he doesn't know Guys, anything about it. See, the thing is, I'm not, I'm, this just further cemented like, my belief and I'm not a rom-com kind of guy like at all not even rom-coms like that's is that considered a rom-com yeah because mm-hmm. I haven't seen it but I assume it's I, that like it is yeah I it don't is. know it's like a dark rom-com though. it's it's yeah. pretty messed up at times but like um I do like the rom-com well, Steve Carell's in it, and they pretend to be the couple. What's that one? Where the date night? Date night? They don't pretend yeah, to with be a the... couple. They are a couple. <laughs> no, they pre they pretend they to be pretend a to different, be a different couple. couple. Oh, okay. Gosh, watch <laughs> I got the movie. You. It's been a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on, come on, Lacey. Jeez, I'm sorry. I don't have time for date night facts. For very uh, mediocre yeah. Steve Carell movies. I, I like date night, but I don't know. Just was it was a fine movie, but like. That like the entire time I was sitting there, I was like, "This is gonna happen." Oh, like the pilot's his dad, like that. Yeah, I don't I, know. Now, just... I like I like this movie. I don't like love it, but it, it is one of those movies where like the concept alone, where I'm like, "This is a cool concept." You know, this this gets me in the door and this gets me through the movie. And there are some like funny enough scenes to where I'm like, "I'm going to keep watching this." Like, uh, especially the restaurant diner scene, which is just, yeah, that, that's pretty great. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's just a middle of the road kind of rom-com. It's not really going to change the world or anything. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Like I was just sitting through it, like, 
this isn't really like it's not doing anything for me. It's whatever. Like, yeah, I'm, it's cool that I watch. I'm because like I'd rather watch. I'd rather watch a average movie that I've never seen before than like a good movie that I'm, that I've seen before. Because I'd rather all if I always have access to like an a new movie that I haven't seen, I'm almost always going to watch it because. I, I like watching, like, I don't know, because you, you never know what you're going to get. Yeah, I, I think that's actually a really great habit to have, is to more often watch new movies, not even if you're unsure of the quality, as opposed to reviews. And here's where most of our audio got cut out for the What Have We Been Watching section this week. I don't know where it went. It disappeared. It, it's gone. So let's just cut forward to where it's back in again. Hopefully this doesn't happen ever again. Hopefully, you know, that technology and all right, let's get back to the show. Watched most of season two of You're the Worst with my girlfriend because um, she, you know, we've been watching that together and really loves it still. We got to LCD Sound System, which is probably the best episode of the entire series. I agree. That's that's it's an amazing episode. Yay. And she was like laughing at the end. I'm like, this is not funny. <laughs> like, I, but then she like she was like laughing at first because she was listening to Jimmy's dialogue because his dialogue is funny in that. But then like once it like zooms in to her face, it's just one of those moments where you just kind of like your heart just sinks and your stomach drops and you're just like, oh, <laughs> it's just such a powerful episode, man. I, man, it's great television. Um, but I also want to talk about Fuller House Season 2. We talked about the first two episodes on the previous podcast. Um, but I finished it. Um, didn't, you tw- didn't you tweet, like... Yeah. Fuller House Season made you, 2 made, made me you cry. cry. <laughs> and I'm not even kidding. In a non-ironic way, I legi- it legitimately made me tear up and cry. <laughs> So, are you suggesting that we should watch? No, no, never watch this show. It's not worth it. And the only reason I cried was because it was kind of a callback to the original show. And you know, like the original show is like my childhood. So, it's terrible, huh? It's also terrible. It's also complete trash. (laughs) It is complete trash, but it is my childhood. My childhood is complete trash. So, so. yeah, yeah, okay. They're promoting Um, same. My three dads. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I will say, Max still one of the best parts of the show. He's just so enthusiastic. So I want to show with just Max, just the Spanish guy, Kimmy Gibbler's husband, because he's actually really funny in season two. I'm not sure if he's actually funny or if it's just Stockholm syndrome, but um, and and uh, Kimmy Gibbler's brother who's new this season and he's actually really funny. So he's, he's legitimately funny. He has actual jokes. So, um, I want to bring with Mary that. Kate and Ashley Olsen back. That's what I really Oh man. Want. There was a great, like, I was like, Oh man, they're not really like calling out Mary Kate and Ashley this season. And there's just one moment where it's like, uh, they're like sitting around Thanksgiving. It was the Thanksgiving episode and they're like praying or whatever. It's like, Oh, and, uh, thank you for Michelle's like uh, business in New York or whatever. Like, 
We hope that she'll join us next year. And then uh, John Stamos leans back out of the table and looks directly at the camera. He's like, come, it'll be fun. And then they like go right back into the show. I'm like, oh, burning Mary-Kate and Ashley at the stake. And, and then Mary-Kate just texts um, John Stamos like, yeah, just like that grandfather TV show. Oh, that that oh. <laughs> Which I'm kind of sad about because, I mean, wasn't that, wasn't that like Josh Peck and John Stamos? Yeah. Like, yes. That, didn't that have like all the, all the means to be a good show? Because like I would have watched that. I didn't watch it. <laughs> well, that but, might have been why it was canceled. Because yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't – gosh, I, I know my – my podcast name carries a lot more than industry than I thought it did. <laughs> um, I'm not saying because you specifically didn't watch it. No one watched people it. Who oh, thought it now, now you take, now you take it back, Gary. Now you take it back. I, okay. guys, I'm clarifying guys, my statement. Guys, guys, let's move on. Yes. To okay. the best movie I've seen all year. What is that? So I want to talk about it because I kind of have to set why this movie made me have the emotional reaction that it did. Um, cause it was a huge emotional reaction. Um, so the past, this past Tuesday, Carrie Fisher died, which was really sad as we talked about earlier. And I was like, yeah, I cried for like two hours. <laughs> it was really bad. Um, cause like, I mean, we all kind of saw it coming cause she had that heart attack on Christmas Eve Eve and all that stuff. So it was a really sad day. Um, but I was like, I, I had plans to go with Caroline to go see La La Land. I was like, I'm going to still go because, you know, I just needed a little bit of happy in my day because of all that. And so we go to La La Land. Theater's packed. The most people I've ever seen in a movie theater. Not for this, not just this theater, the whole complex. Um, Lines out the door. I'm like, what is everyone seeing? Long story short, everyone was seeing Sing because every single showing that day had been sold out. <laughs> Kill me. Uh, <laughs> so, so uh, just I just want to let you guys know, my mother really, really, really wants to go see Sing. I have fun. Therefore, <laughs> I will most likely be seeing. Oh Sing God, David! No. <laughs> I uh, I honestly can't wait to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I really can't either. <laughs> um. Anyway. So at this point, we were already almost late to the movie. I'm like, ah, we're not going to be able to get tickets to get in. Um, but I bought them on my phone, and they had a little kiosk to the side. I'm like, all right. So we got that, got in. Trailers just started as we got in. I'm like, we're going to see this movie. And the opening sequence was so emotionally powerful to me that I broke down in tears halfway through it. And it might have just been the day, just how crappy of a day it was. And it might have just been, like, the relief that I was seeing this movie that I was so excited to see. Um, But the opening sequence to this movie is so freaking beautiful. Because it's not all in one take. It's technically three takes, but they, like, string it together so it all looks like it's one take. And it was just one of those movie scenes where I'm like, this is one of the greatest things I've ever seen. And it just broke me down to tears. <laughs> and legitimately, I'm not kidding, guys, cried throughout the entire movie. I don't, I'm, I think for this two hour and seven minute movie, I was probably crying for an hour and 45 minutes of it. And it wasn't like sad tears. It was just like, they made a movie like this. 
they don't make movies like this. This is so what I want out of movies and what I love about movies. And I don't know, man. It was it was everything I needed it to be and more. It was amazing cinematography, amazing direction, amazing dance numbers, amazing musical numbers. Just the singing is great. Uh, I thought it looked awful, so I just want to rain on your parade a little bit. It, you're like the only one yeah, in the you're entire the only world. <laughs> this movie is going hey, to get Best Picture. I like being that person. There's no doubt about it. This movie will get Best Picture. I'm calling it right now that Emma Stone will get Best Actress, because... There was a part where I was like, I was just tearing up, just crying for the whole movie. And then when she does like her big number, I like started like shaking. I was crying so much. It was, it's so beautiful. And then the ending of the movie, just obviously I'm not going to spoil it, but it just, it blew me away because any lesser movie would not have done what this movie did. And Damien Chazelle, holy crap. You're never going to listen to this, but thank you for this movie. Thank you for writing it. Thank you for directing it. And thank you for just making something that we don't get enough nowadays of. And that's just pure cinema magic, where it's just, you go to this movie and you're like, it transports you. You're in a different world. You're in a different place where, you know, miracles of a sort can happen, I guess, where it's just like dreams are real and everything is just amazing and I don't know it was just the perfect way to pull me out of that like deep sadness that I had that day and I was just extremely happy that that movie was as amazing as I thought it was going to be so it's my number one movie of the year um I don't see anything touching it honestly but Manchester by the Sea everyone says is great so maybe anyway that's La La Land sorry I didn't I'd mean say, to... I'd say Moonlight is more likely than Manchester by the Sea I'm just got. Uh, oh, I meant I on my like list. What? I meant on my list. Oh, on your list. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I thought you were talking about best picture, so. No, 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 no. Um, sorry, didn't mean to talk about La La Land for that long, but it was just. No, I mean, you know, obviously, it's getting a lot of acclaim and conversation among the film community. <laughs> I hopefully I'll see it soon. I honestly I can't believe you've seen this before I have. Yeah, well, I Very drove upsetting. sixty miles to go see it. Like True. I was, I was dedicated. Um, but I don't, I don't want to speak too prematurely. I do want to see it one more time. But like, I really wish we would have waited on the top ten movies of all time because this might grace that list eventually. Because it is just one of the best movies I've ever seen. Um, all right, so next movie, Cafe Society, uh, the new Woody Allen movie. Not very good. Sorry, it's not. It's not good. It's it's mediocre. Um, one thing that this will sound nitpicky to you, Aaron, and maybe you too, David. I don't know. <laughs> this might sound nitpicky. I love things I'm in the, movies. I'm the key of nit. You're, I listened to the I listened to the Doctor Strange episode recently, and you called them big picks or big nitpicks. <laughs> So, you're the king of those, I guess. Um, but this, yeah, this might sound nitpicky. I love things in film where they use different shades and different like uh, colors. Uh, I can't even think of the word right now. Anyway, like different colors uh, 
That's not very nitpicky. Can't think of the word. Yeah. Um, he's talking about color grading. So, yeah, color grading. Thank, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm just giving him a hard time. <laughs> now, and it sounds nitpicky, but when you see this movie, if you see this movie, so they do this thing where in New York, it's like they use a lot of white lights, and in LA, they use a lot of yellow. Um, but the yellow is so utterly distracting to everything that's happening on the screen. Like, it's it's always shining on people's faces, and it's, like, reflecting off of them. And, like, how am I supposed to pay attention to this? Like, it's it's so distracting to the point well, where I... Mean, I if you've seen certain older films or older TV shows, that's kind of how they did the lightning, the lighting, especially for uh, actresses. I I understand what you're saying, but this is like an amateur did this lighting. Like the lighting is so bad, and I don't know why. I don't know why it's so bad. Like in New York, it's fine. New York is fine. Everything that happens in LA, the lighting is just absurd. Like I, I think I need to maybe show you a trailer after this. Maybe <laughs> because I, maybe it's just me. Because I was watching it with Caroline, she was like, I, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is just, it was weird to me. I don't know. But other than that, Jesse Eisenberg, Kristen Stewart, Woody Allen doesn't know how to write dialogue anymore, I think. I think he just kind of <laughs> forgot. You should stick with Toy Story. Just kidding. <laughs> I, I got you, buddy. <laughs> um, yeah. What? I don't know. I'm, I'm making great know. jokes. And, uh, Steve... I mean, you have to kind of draw like a few lines to understand. Yeah, that's yeah. That's <laughs> that was a, that was a walk. You, that was like, a walk. Oh, okay. There's a character in Toy Story named Woody, and then you got Tim Allen, but Tim Allen's not voicing Woody. <laughs> <laughs> but, I will see, say the, the more live, <laughs> the more lines that are drawn, the funnier the joke becomes. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I will say um, Corey Stoll's character. Uh, was actually really funny and really interesting. So he was the best part of the movie. And he's not in it that much. So you're like, hmm, great. Wasted an hour and a half. No, it's not a waste. It's just... It was it was an interesting way to kill time, I guess. Um, then after that, we just watched Hunt for the Wilder People right after that. And Aaron, oh, yeah. this was your number two for a while, right? For a while, at least. For a while, yes. Yeah. So Hunt for the Wilder People, um, I'm not sure I liked it quite as much as you did. Like, I loved this movie, but it was very much like, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, I laughed quite a bit at it, and I think all the emotional beats hit for me, but it wasn't ever like, I was waiting for just something to just be like, this movie is top tier this year, and nothing ever really, like, totally did that. I mean, it's in my top ten, so obviously I loved it quite a bit. But nothing ever, like, put it, bam, second place. Like, you just passed everything else. I was waiting for that big moment. And there are moments, but it's never, like, I love you, kid. I love you, uncle. Kind of like, yeah, they kind of like hug you. Which would be really dumb. I'm not saying that's the moment, because that would make no sense to your characters. Um, that, that's the moment that, that the movie actually needs. Yeah. yeah. But there are just, overall, I'd highly recommend if you're looking for, like, a weird kind of quirky dramedy with more comedy than drama actually um but yeah uh favorite scene the one where he's uh he's talking to the three hunters or whatever he's like yeah i was like 
yeah, I was like, yeah, you want to come play with me? But no, he just made me play with myself or whatever. It's just this huge, long, like, monologue. And then later he's like, what do you think that sounded like? Nothing. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) It's so great. It's so great. I think my favorite scene is the the funeral that scene. one's really That's, great too i keep on show i keep on uh revisiting that one on youtube because yeah. it's just so hilarious <laughs> what's behind that door jesus <laughs> no 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 vegetables no <laughs> so good so yes hunt for the wilder people highly recommend um it'll make you laugh it'll make you cry It'll make you think of animatronic boars. All right. Well, that's all I've got this week, Aaron. What did you watch? <laughs> all right. Uh, watched Suicide Squad Extended Cut. Talked right. about that. Watched this film called Jane Got a Gun, which was yes, a 2016 film. It's it's a film that's been in my Netflix queue for like a while now. Well, it's on Netflix because like it got really. Yeah, it's on Netflix. It got really mixed reviews, and like it had like a really troubled production. Like they had like directors who were like quitting and like oh, hiring new directors, quitting other directors, quitting. And then they had like this thing where like they were casting certain actors in certain parts, but then they took those same actors and cast them in different parts in the oh, movie, God. and it just kept on swapping around like that. So it was a very troubled production, and you those can are my tell. Favorite. You can tell in the end result that it was a troubled production because there is a lot of like awkward. It's a very like clumsy, very clumsy exposition dumps like throughout this entire film. Like it's very awkwardly structured because it's like there's just like random flashbacks dropped in without really any rhyme or reason and sometimes they don't even like clarify that it is a flashback so you're just like constantly confused about what's happening and so it's just like you never really understand like these characters and their relationships to one another because it's just really convoluted and then like I was also disappointed because you know like based on the name and you have Natalie Portman stars as Jane and so I thought this was going to be, okay, it's going to be like a great, you know, female gunslinger feminist Western film kind of whatever. But then it's like, nope, she's just like this girl stuck in the middle of this love triangle with these two other guys. And that's the direction we're going to go with. And I was like, fun. this isn't what I wanted. It's boring. So it wasn't, it was like a film that's, it's, it was, it wasn't terrible. Mm-hmm. but it wasn't good. It's just one of those films where you're, like, you're watching this and you're like, there's some competent filmmaking going on, more or less, mm-hmm. but it's just not coming together in the end. Right. But you do have Ian McGregor plays the villain. Like He's like all like, you know, the classic black hat, mustachioed western villain. And I was, like, that was like my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> Now, so, weird, I, Natalie I don't Portman and Ewan McGregor. It, but what? Uh, Natalie Portman and Ewan McGregor in another movie together. That's, yeah. Where, how, how, oh, when has that gone wrong before? <laughs> three times. Three times. <laughs> so, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really recommend it. It's all right. 
But mm. maybe maybe for you, Lacey, if you wanna watch another twenty sixteen film, catch up or whatever. Every time I, I say, just so we can keep it fair, Aaron. Not even fair, just I'm interested. Every time we watch a new 2016 movie, we give the other person an account of, as to where we are, just for this final week. Just so we can... Uh... That's fair. Alright, I like it. Alright, I also watched this week another 2016 film, uh, Wiener Dog. Mm. Which was another film that, like, I've watched it on, I've seen it, like, in the Amazon lists, like, it's been there for like a while now. And I keep on thinking, maybe I'll watch this. Maybe I won't. It looks somewhat interesting only because yeah. Danny DeVito's in it. Yeah. It's about I watched right. it and Danny DeVito was like the only good part of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Just because like he's Danny DeVito. <laughs> pretty much. But it's like a very odd film because it's like a very, very dark comedy. Like, ex- like, it's like one of those films where it's like the jokes are basically that like people are dying and like it's extremely dark and you have to have a very particular sense of humor to enjoy that might this be film. my sense of humor <laughs> so i might actually like this so i think there was a lot of funny material in there but there was also a lot of times when it wasn't quite working mm-hmm. like basically i felt like it's it's like in segments like it's like this this wiener dog is like keep on keeps on getting transferred to different owners so there's like it's four like different stories within this film pants. yeah yeah but with a exactly. dog sisterhood exactly. of the traveling dog don't give them ideas the traveling don't, dog don't, huh? don't give them spin-off ideas <laughs> i'll stop i'll stop i'm sorry i'm i'm lucid dreaming and all of a sudden i hear a traveling dog so now that's just in my head Okay. So, the the opening, kind of boring. The ending, kind of boring. But just like there's this one section in the middle when I was like, this is actually really enjoyable. And I, I, it might just because be because of Danny DeVito, but I did get some solid laughs out of it. So it wasn't an entire waste, right. I suppose. All right. And it's all right. Nice. And then there's another 2016 film I watched this week, but I'm not going to talk about it this week because it's going to be uh, talked about on the next podcast. You want to mention what it in is, In a different though? segment. Oh, boy. So look forward to that. Do you want to just mention TV, what it is? What? Do you want to mention what it is or no? No. Okay. I'll save it. All right. Surprise. All right. And then for TV, I started watching Black Mirror. Oh, yeah. I'm really excited to watch that. You should be because it's amazing. Awesome. Like I, I straight up love this show so far. I'm like halfway through the second season. It's just phenomenal. Like this is everything I want out of a show. Because you got like that Twilight Zone feel, right. but then it's also kind of like updated with like all this modern technology. And there's just like it's it's incredible. Like there's so many different themes they can pack into like one episode and so many different aspects of society and culture and technology Mm. that they pack into a single episode. And it's just like mind blowing stuff sometimes. Like it, it's one of those shows that definitely makes you think about like where we're at, where we could go and just like all this kind of stuff. And it's, like, not afraid to get dark. It's also, like, humorous at times. It's, like, it's a perfect form of that, like, anthology show, at least at this point. Netflix is the perfect home for this kind of thing, I think. 
Definitely. I mean, I, I haven't watched it, but just from you talking about it and other people talking about it, it's like no one else would let them do what they're doing. So it's mm-hmm. awesome that they get to have this outlet to make something pretty unique. I mean, it's a lot like Twilight Zone, apparently, but, uh, you know, I, unique ideas every, every, not even every week, every episode. <laughs> every episode, yeah. So that's cool. I'm excited. I might start watching that right after uh, this 2016 race is done. But Yeah, I'm going to have to put it off, too, I suppose. No, you could just lose. Not going to lose. But anyway, yes, I would highly recommend Black Mirror. All really right. enjoying it. Really loving it. So that was my week. All right. Oh, that was it? Yep. All right. Well, let's move on, everybody, to, uh, you know, the, the third segment of our top ten segment. Um, this week we're going to be talking about our eighth favorite films of all time. 28 days, six hours, 42 minutes, 12 seconds. If I'm going to die, I'm going to die historic on the Fury Road. Do you guys mind if I go first? Go for it. Go for it. Let me bring up the handy dandy list, even though I know what it is, but I just want to get uh, names and faces in front of me. <clears throat> Guys, my yes. number eight film of all time is Donnie Darko. Donnie Darko is a film that I've talked about on this podcast already. Not super in-depth or anything as to why I super love it because I've obviously had more time to dissect it and think about it and why I love it so much. But it was on my list from Aaron of 100 movies I need to watch. Um, mm-hmm. It was the first one I watched. It's the first one on the list. <laughs> and it's just so quickly cemented itself as one of the most artistic films I've ever seen in like a dark creepy weird way um so donnie darko uh jake gyllenhaal jenna malone um actually yeah i always forget maggie gyllenhaal's in this for some reason it's just weird because they're brother and sister in the movie and in real life um Mm -hmm. but so donnie darko i'm gonna use the same analogy that i used uh when i first talked about it it's it's just a movie where everything you think might happen in it, you're like, well, maybe it didn't happen, because who knows what happens in this movie? And that's the art to it, I think, where it's just like, it can make you realize this tightly crafted narrative where things are creepy and weird. You got Frank the Bunny, who's just telling him to just burn things mostly and destroy things. You're like, well, what's going on with this? And... I love that you never get a clear answer as to why this is happening to this kid. And you get, like, little hints. You get little moments. Um, but it's such a hard movie just to talk about. Just little enough, right? Just little enough. Just just a little tiny bit. But it, it's it's a hard movie to talk about without completely giving everything away. And it's hard to talk about just because it's so dense. It's such a dense movie. And I feel like I can watch it over and over again and see something new. I can go online. I can read stuff about it. Because the things about the thing about movies to me that I love is when you can 
go online and read kind of like fan theories. Fan theories are always interesting to me, even if like some of them are complete BS. Most of them are complete BS. But like everything. Focus Mace Window, <laughs> for example. <laughs> Sorry, David. <laughs> I tried not to walk into that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> the thing about Donnie Darko is that every fan theory makes sense, which is crazy. I mean, there are some that are just like, uh. He's a dog the whole time. <laughs> wow. Good fan theory. No, but, um, but the ones that are like serious, because this is such the definition of cult, cult following movie. You can just go online and pour over. Aaron, you sent me like a, a link to like this deep website like that gets really deep into like the book that he has and the neighbor and why she, you know, like she, why she goes back and forth to, to the, right. the mailbox all the time. And, like, that's just the sci-fi aspects of it and the story elements of it. But then mm-hmm. you just have, like, great genuine characters where Jake Gyllenhaal plays plays this character so perfectly. He nails all these little mannerisms. He nails this this personality. And it's creepy in a way that it's like, this guy can... He's going to murder people, right? <laughs> and you're like, mate, he's going to kill someone. And that's why, like, it puts you on the edge of your seat all the time because there's that great, one of my favorite shots. This is another reason I love this because it just has beautiful cinematography. But there's a shot where they're sitting in the, the movie theater and his girlfriend, played by Jenna Malone, is, like, passed out on his shoulder over and he looks to the side and Frank the Bunny is just next to him and you're like, he's going to kill, he's going to kill Jenna, isn't he? And she's dead. <laughs> but no, I mean, like... <laughs> It, it's oh, it's just I don't know. I, it's hard to talk about, obviously, without spoiling everything about this movie. Right. And even if I did spoil this movie, no one would understand what I'm talking about if they haven't seen it. So it's just I've seen this like ten times and I still don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> but it's obviously highly recommended by me. Um, Is that your number eight? It's my number eight. Yes. Who's next? This, Number eight. I, I just want to say, oh, this is a film we might uh, possibly uh, talk about a bit later Good. in this segment. And you've seen it way <laughs> more times than me, so you'll at least be somewhat eloquent about it. I'm just like, it's nothing makes sense, and I love it for that. <laughs> but, <laughs> I don't know. That's just my reason. So, my number eight, what I think my number eight is, since I left my list at home... <laughs> I think my number eight is Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, nice. That's that's a good pick. I love Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, because I've seen it like three or four times. Phenomenally shot film. I'll say I've said it before, I'll say it again. Phenomenally shot film. A lot of action. The blind guitar <laughs> dude <laughs> on the front of the car that just that's an A plus automatically. Like A plus, and the fact that it could tell a story with under five hundred words of dialogue—it just shows how good of a story and how good the storytelling it is. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And that's all you need. Yeah, definitely. To the just like too. expert filmmaking all around, just phenomenal. Yeah. Which and I did not expect like that movie that much. Oh, David. I think. Did, 
What? You didn't introduce the film correctly. It's Mad or eight-time Academy Award winning Mad Max Fury Road. Was it won eight Academy Awards? Or was it six? Was I think it was... It was eight. Wow. You look like an idiot. It was eight. It was eight. It was eight. <laughs> it was pretty much every single technical award. Yeah. No, why? That stupid guitar, man. It was the you guitar. Play it was only the guitar. You could play that and shoot fire out of it at the same time. And that's real. Yeah. That's all you need for a movie to make the top ten. You why just, don't just give me a flaming it. guitar man on a weird car thing? Yeah, more people should do it. I agree. Now this movie, I didn't even think, but this would definitely be an honorable mentions for me if we like extended honorable mentions further than just fifteen. Because this is like like I've talked about before. This is a movie that I expected nothing from, and then came out absolutely adoring. So. All right. Yeah, it was a finalist for me as well. Nice. Really love this film. But well, internet, I could be wrong. It could be seven. We'll see. It could be seven. It, tell, us, tell us on SoundCloud <laughs> how many Academy Awards it won. Aaron, what's your yes. number eight? My number eight is The Thing. Mm. The John Carpenter version, mm. of course. Mm. So this, what other version would you choose, Aaron? Oh, dang. Not, not the terrible prequel version. <laughs> That's for sure. So this is just obviously I'm just a huge fan of horror, right? And there, there will be other horror films on my list, but this is just like one of the best horror films ever made. Just like everything is working so well together to make this just like the most tense movie experience, like. I've ever had, you know, mm-hmm. just like you got the phenomenal uh, directing, of course, by John Carpenter. John Carpenter is like one of my favorite directors of all time. And then you have, you know, uh, Kurt Russell and uh, Keith David and like the entire cast all do phenomenal work. And then you have the special effects mm. just of the creature just those uh practical effects where you're just seeing like all these uh like tentacles and oozing piles of goo and like spider heads and deformed dogs and you're just like it's just top notch so i just think like this is expert filmmaking all around like all of these aspects all working together all top notch and then just I don't want to spoil it because I, you guys haven't seen it. I don't think I haven't seen right? it. I this is another one of those movies that like I know what happens, but don't tell David. I'm I don't think he knows. So, yeah, right. I, I don't do that because there's just like, so many just unbelievably shocking moments that like still hold up today. Just like they may not like it's it's one of those things where it's like more like a startle, I suppose, than just like this dread. It's just like you know, mm-hmm. it's like a kind of like a jump scare, I suppose, but like not exactly. It's hard to just describe exactly what it is, but there's just this the, the atmosphere and the acting work so well together to create just this this paranoia among the cast members, so that when you get to these moments, like this specific scene. People who have seen the movie will know what I'm talking about when they're testing people to see if they have been infected as the thing. 
it is just like the most tense movie scene ever made and just like the timing on everything is perfect just the, the way he will like Carpenter will like draw your attention away to different aspects and then like suddenly bring in the uh creature and everything I'm really trying really hard to avoid spoilers but that's that's basically why I love this movie just like it is you know top-notch horror Fantastic effects, fantastic acting, fantastic score, fantastic filmmaking. Where can I find this movie? In on my shelf. It's, it's fairly cheap <laughs> on Blu-ray and DVD. Ooh, money. Yeah. I have it, so you can borrow it whenever. Yeah. Cool. I'm oh, gonna get back of, to speaking of speaking of cheap, you guys Aaron favorite much week. Oh <laughs> yeah. What was I just, I found I found out today, Jake. And listen to this. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yep, yep, yep. You can. T- oh, you. You, la- you know what, guys? You, let, let's you laugh. You laugh, but no, but no favorite. I see you, Jake. You can. So, David, on my David, David, wait, Twitter, wait, wait, David, wait. D backs fifteen. David, David, let's. We're gonna roll. We're gonna uh, roll into the ending. I just want to let everyone know this week. Uh, there will be no bad movie of the week. There will be no fault in your stars. We have talked for quite a while already, and uh, you know, getting back into the swing of things. So next week we'll be uh, having those again. Obviously, Aaron already has a bad movie of the week picked out. Did so, uh, yeah. We'll get back to that next week. But uh, hope you guys are okay with the kind of shorter episode, even though it's two hours long. <laughs> so, uh, guys, if you want to find us around the internet, you can find us at Reboot Already On on Twitter, uh, SoundCloud, and iTunes. And if you want to find David around the internet, you can find him at dbex15 on Twitter. David, what was that tweet you were talking about? So I, I recently found out today that the only reason my family has Netflix is because my dad signed up for it when he was addicted to Farmville. And Farmville, like an ad popped up. So it's like when Netflix first came out, it's like, hey, sign up for Netflix and we'll give you free like gas so you can like, farm your crops faster. And my dad's like, okay signed up for Netflix. And that is why we have Netflix. And I, I just thought it was the funniest thing. And so I tweeted that but with a picture of Ice Cube's face. And it <laughs> and it fit quite well, did it not, Aaron? That that's why I liked it. Yeah, Ice Cube's face. I like Ice Cube's face. So if you want more of that you can follow David on Twitter. Uh, if you want to find Aaron around the internet, you can find him at Little Flame Dude on Twitter. Also, uh, this clever blog name is already taken on Tumblr. Uh, and if you want to find me around the internet, you can find me at Jacob Scott Music on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Jake Lace on Tumblr. And yeah, guys, thanks for listening. Happy New Year. Uh, we're very excited to bring more awesome, hopefully awesome, questionably awesome shows to you in the coming weeks. So thank you everyone for listening. We'll see you all again next week with a brand new episode. Good. Bye.